We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right, everybody. It's Hall of Fame ballot season. Yeah. We are. Woo! (laughs) Welcome to the California Penal League podcast. Uh, We are today talking about uh, our own Hall of Fame ballots. I am Steve. Uh, With me is always uh, is Chris Locum and Anthony Fabiano. Steve, you're a first first time ballot in my Hall of Fame. You guys are first ballot Hall of Famers in my heart. Oh, thanks. Well, actually, we kissed your ass when you would interview us. Over the no, years. actually, well, actually, you guys are just stat chasers. So I'm gonna make uh, you wait till the tenth oh. year. I'm gonna make you wait till the tenth year, just under seventy percent, and then I'll yeah. <laughs> I'm making you go to the hey, air. At committee. least, at least the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame committee doesn't have to vote us in. You know, after we're dead. That's exactly. right. Which we will get into. Which I didn't realize it's now called the Eras Committee and not the Veterans yes. Committee anymore. So oh, okay. uh, that will be playing a role uh, for a number of these dudes coming up. Uh, who will be suffering from not making the uh, the Hall of Fame. But yeah, so this is always a fun time of year because the Hall of Fame ballots come out and a bunch of sports writers really get their panties in a bunch and, and get real pissed off because they they act like, I swear to God, baseball writers are so sanctimonious and they act like like they're uh, picking a pope or that, you know, they're they're like guarding like the most like prestigious, you know, like heaven's gate itself where, you know, they have to protect the integrity of it and all this bullshit. <laughs> so they always get, like, these personal vendettas and, you know, they they pen these, like, op-eds where they're like, I'm not telling you what's on my ballot. And then it's like, okay, cool, man. Like, you could have just not said anything. And um, it's just, it's such bullshit. <laughs> and I really hate the process because it's a bunch of crotchety old dudes who have a completely different worldview <laughs> an opinion of baseball and it's usually the worst one and that's where we get stuck with where we're at now which will spur a fun debate but anyway i'm super excited to do this because uh it's always a fun it's always a fun uh exercise every year so uh real quick before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes uh just so everybody knows and is caught up on the process uh hall of fame ballot uh each ballot you get a maximum of 10 votes a player needs 75% of the vote and he gets 10 years on the ballot to get there. Otherwise, he goes to what's called the errors committee, which we will get into later. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. It doesn't get, you know, much more complicated than that. So you just have to get, uh, or actually, it's not 75, isn't it 70%? No, it's 75. Is it 75? 75. Okay, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, because Schilling is at 70 right now. That was getting crossed up. So, yeah, Schilling um, just got just a little over 70 last year. Okay. All right. So I crossed up. Uh, so yeah, so 75% and, um, yeah. And so, yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to shut up. Let's dive in. Um, I know the first question, uh, this is always kind of the, you know, this is where it's at now and, and will be for a little bit longer, not too much longer actually is, uh, I'll pose the question to you guys. Where do we stand on the steroid guys? Where, where we, where do we stand on the era? I mean, for me personally, uh, I, I one of my favorite classes I took at Ohio University was baseball history. It was like with one of the best baseball historian writers 
be focused on like dead ball era. So I, the era I, uh, he broke it up, you know, 1865 to 1940 and then 1940 to present. Um, so I took the 1865 because I wanted to learn about the origins of baseball. And what you learn very quickly is there was a shitload of racist and horrible people that we look up to as idols that are in the Hall of Fame. So we can't play the moral card as much as the baseball voters love to do and constantly remind us. So if we're not going to be playing that card, then it should be based on on on-field performance. And the other component to it is baseball definitely knew what was going on because people didn't just suddenly morph into different species of humans over the course of eight years (laughs) and start learning to hit home runs at an insane rate that greats like Babe Ruth couldn't do. Um, So they were raking in that money in the 90s and they knew what was going on and they were just doing till they got caught. And then they they wagged their you know their their finger and and then the writers were mortified and they they knew something was going on they just couldn't prove it um, so to me I think it's all bullshit like but they loved it know, too because they got to write those uh, you know beautiful stories yeah. about Sosa oh, the sexy, and McGuire, oh yeah they're you sexy know. you know like back in like this brings me back to my childhood uh, you know tearing open a pack of like nineteen fifty nine tops pulling out a Mickey Mantle, attaching it to my bike and going down and get a five cent soda, you know, like that bullshit. Um, yeah, right. And so, yeah, everybody made tons of money. How many off books of were written off of that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So yep. I, I'm fine with letting the steroid guys, steroid guys in like it's, especially if they, you, they were already totally headed for the hall of fame before they really got into the prime of, of steroid usage, which was a, a lot of more often than not uh, used for uh, your body's recovery quicker from injuries and allowing you to play later in your, into your career. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it can suddenly a, make you like this amazing superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so for me, like, skills. yeah, the skills you need to actually like hit a baseball effectively, like it might've given you a 5% advantage, but for a dude like Barry Bonds, who we're going to get into, he was already probably one of the top 10 baseball players of all time. In my opinion, he's like top two, top three of all time. It wasn't going to change anything. It just, it probably allowed him to play at his crazy home run hitting pace an additional two or three years to be as effective as he was. Uh, but so like I'm, I'm in the, the camp of like let them all in because we let so many horrible people in uh, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like I, I, I have no problem with it at all. Yeah. To piggyback off of what Fabs just said, I mean, Guys like Babe Ruth weren't even playing against players in the Negro League. So there was a whole segment of players that some of the best pitchers of that era that he didn't have to face. And, you know, last time I checked, Babe Ruth's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, So I guess with that said, I'm going to just jump to say, you know, the Hall of Fame should allow these steroid users in. Uh, The caveat, like Fab said, though, too, is guys like Bonds and Clemens who already had Hall of Fame careers before they started, you know, the allegations started floating around about them. You know, certainly the voters are, as Steve alluded to earlier, you know, the stereotypical voter, I should say, as a crotchety old man, uh, you know, who who misses the good old days and uh, will never vote for any of these guys who were ever 
you know, alleged to have used or any kind of connection to the steroid era. So thankfully, a lot of those guys are now no longer voting and you're getting a younger crop of voters. And as you've seen over the past couple of years, there's more forgiveness towards those uh, those players who were, you know, alleged to have used steroids. I think I think it's a slippery slope. Um, you know, not letting them in. But I think it's also a slippery slope letting all of them in, though, too. So I guess what I would, you know, to kind of put a bow on my uh, my thought with steroid users is you got to take a look at each of these guys individually. And I kind of did some of that with this year's ballot, and uh, we'll dive into that more later. But let them in. Yeah, in the good old days for a lot of these older writers, those players were all, like, coked up or on, like... <laughs> On like acid. That's a good so point. Like, that is actually a good you know point. I mean? They were like, using different drugs. I mean, these no no baseball player has ever been a saint. These these dudes are, you know, guys that are forced to be on a in a you know a hundred and sixty two game season, uh, yep. traveling all around the country on their own. Like, you know, these guys get into some crazy shit, and also we're ta- you know guys taking cocktails of stuff all through the years. And if it's not steroids, it's like prescription medication and like stuff to get through a giant season that lasts seven, eight months when you start talking about like spring training and stuff and then the you know playoffs and everything. So like, yeah, uh, for a sport that almost lasts an entire year, guys are looking for an edge and, and nobody's ever been a saint in baseball. Every era has had its weird, sort of, uh, you know, quirks when it comes to, you know, all oh, the sanctity of the game. So with that being said, I'm on board with you guys is I want everybody in because, and my reasoning is more like, I, I do not want barriers to the game like this. I want future generations of kids to go to Cooperstown with their parents. And there is a wing, like when we take our kids there, the, the nineties to them is like, 30 plus years ago. So it doesn't, it's not like this fresh wound on the game. It's a historical moment where you say, you take your kids to the Hall of Fame and you go to that wing and you say, like, yeah, in the 90s, guys were doing this and it led to, you know, probably the most magical baseball season of all time uh, between in 98. And it was the most, and I can tell my son and daughter. It was the most incredible year I, I've baseball I've ever seen. I have the memory of my dad waking me up when Mark McGuire hit the record breaker when he missed first base. And or that was when he tied. I don't even know. But I just remember being woken up and, you know, running downstairs to see it. So. And you can use that as education, a hazy, Steve. But what's you can that? use that as education to talk about the dangers of steroid use. Like, it doesn't have to just be a, like, right. condemnation. It can be education and how do you go about like you said it's 30 years ago how do you go about like you have your kid walk, like walking around the hall of fame little little malcolm and mine little william are wandering around oh like who who has the most home runs of all time oh barry bonds oh like where's his stuff at oh well, like he wasn't right. he's not in it it's like how do you separate some of the baseball's greatest? Pete rose right exactly wait wait who's pete rose oh the most hits of all time wait why aren't these guys in it well, there's this thing called gambling addiction. Let's go talk about that. So like it's yeah, I, I completely agree. 
Yeah, and it's just yeah, it just gets bizarre when you start to like or like you know like oh who is like the who is the best hitter of all time? Oh, was, you know, a guy probably by the name of Pete Rose, son. And it's oh okay, well where's his stuff? Oh, uh, he also isn't in the Hall of Fame for you know this reason. And it's like it kind of sucks. Why aren't when, like, the best players in the Hall yeah. of Fame? I don't understand. <laughs> when the, yeah, when like or Roger Clemens like arguably the best pitcher ever. It's like, okay, um, at some point we have to, and like what Chris is saying is like, you have to look at it individually, but you know, at some point it's like, yeah, these guys were already Hall of Famers before all this. So like, it kind of sucks. The Hall of Fame feels very incomplete when I can't go and show my kids (laughs) the greatest home run hitter, the greatest pitcher and the greatest hitter of all time are not in there. So um, it's just bonkers to me. But my thing is with the steroid era is, I view it in the lens of just that era. So I'm looking at the stats from that era and like a guy like Gary Sheffield, I think it's actually gonna be very, it would be very difficult for him to get in there because his numbers will like pop out at you, but not in the way that they pop out for the Maguire, the Sosa, the Ramirez and and those guys. Um, because uh, some dudes were just better. Like, you just have to view it in the lens of, okay, it was that era. Let me look at the stats from that era. And like, does it stack up against the guys from that time period? Not putting like Gary Sheffield compared to, uh, you know, this era of baseball, like wouldn't be fair. The same way it's not fair to honestly look at like Babe Ruth and be like, oh, Babe Ruth versus Mike Trout. Who's the best? It's just like night and day. It's a hundred years of difference. Yeah, it's a hundred years difference. It's not going it, to, it's fun to think about that. And it's fun I to do like say the visual were... difference between Babe Ruth and Mike Trout. Though. <laughs> Dude, I would love to, like, it would be a really fun movie if, like, Babe Ruth was, uh, got into a time machine and got transported to, like, 2020 and just, like, collapsed on a field <laughs> in, like, one game. Like, or, and just, like, or, like, couldn't hit, like, a, a 92 mile an hour slider and just like breaks his back. <laughs> yeah. To do it. The spin rate is just too great of uh, <laughs> something for him to over, uh, overcome in today's modern era. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, it's, it's actually, it turns out that uh, when you, when you hit against hobos 98% of the time in your career, <laughs> guys that just got <laughs> off the train, <laughs> it's a little bit different. Hobos and guys that just came down the street from the bar. Cause they were, yeah. uh, Yeah, just waking up from last night's bender. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 Guys that are just like got the beer sweats. (laughs) Yeah. My claim to fame is like, what can I put on the ball? Like, not not how good my arm is. It's like, what can I find in the dugout to make this ball move a little bit? (laughs) Anybody got Vaseline lying around? (laughs) Oh man, Um, chicken grease. Yeah. God. So, with that being said, um, you know, I, I. it, it does just, I just want to go to the Hall of Fame and I just want to like, it, it's not a fucking holy ground. I want to go and just learn about the game. So that's where I, I stand on that. But with that being said, who's getting in from that era? Who do we think's actually making it? All right. Um, do you want me to read the, the people who are on the ballot this year? Yeah, give, give us some uh, context <clears throat> here. Okay, so we got, uh, we have a few guys who have been, uh, there's like 25 people on the ballot this year. Uh, we have about, 10 people who are, this is their first year on it. Uh, highlights are Tim Hudson, uh, Mark Bueller, um, Tori Hunter, Barry oh, Zito. Burley? 
Mark, Mark Burley. Mark Burley. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Barry Zito, Shane Victorino, AJ, AJ Burnett, <laughs> Nick Swisher. Uh, no, thanks. Nicky Swish. Um, so those are kind of like some of the names you're probably, <laughs> you'll be familiar with. Um, and then some people who are returning on it uh, for the ninth year, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. For the fourth year, we got Omar Vizquel and Scott Rowan. Uh, Billy Wagner's in his sixth year. Gary Shelfield, seventh. Todd Helton, third. Manny Ramirez is in his fifth year. Jeff Kent, eighth. Andrew Jones, fourth. Sammy Sosa, also in his ninth year. Andy Pettis in his third. And Bobby Abreu is in his second year. So a lot of names, uh, a lot of big 90s names that were just always, most of them played on the Yankees at some point, which is remarkable and not surprising at all. But um, but yeah, a lot of names everybody should be super familiar with. These were names growing up that, you know, in video games and just as a Cleveland Indians fan, very acquainted with several of these people. So, And so with the uh, steroid era guys or guys that have been implicated or tied to it or, you know, whatever, um, you've got uh, Clemens, you've got Bonds, you've got Sheffield, Manny Ramirez, Andy Sosa, Sosa, Um, this scale think Kurt, in his big bat. <laughs> yeah, that year he hit 20 home runs. I don't think Kurt Schilling was ever implicated, was he? No, no he's, he's just, just a jerk. He's just an asshole. Yeah. yeah, he's just a total dickhead. Which is interesting that he's lasted as long as he has, because he really must have pissed some people off to make it have For to sure. go to like his ninth year on the ballot. So do we think Schilling being an asshole aside, he's not really part of that. I mean, he's not like directly, you know, involved in the steroid era, I guess, in terms of like uh, what, you know, what he did. <laughs> it's but cr- Steve, it's crazy though, real quick, how, how much better Roger Clemens numbers are than Kurt Schilling's. It's, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Night and day. Roger it's Clemens. It's remarkable. <laughs> like, despite the fact that Roger Clemens, like, it's kind of crazy that like, we so quickly forgot how good Roger Clemens was. Yeah. And that's what pisses me off about all this is because when you start goofing around with the the Hall of Fame like this, you forget about a guy as unbelievably good as Roger Clemens was. Like, he was, like, as automatic a pitcher as I've ever seen. He won, like, five Cy Youngs. He was so freaking good. No, he won seven Cy Youngs. Seven, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven Cy Youngs and 11 All-Star games. Jesus Christ. And an MVP, one MVP, too. Just And and he did three decades. It's it's just criminal that he's not on the ballot and honest or not in the Hall of Fame and probably won't make it um, because yeah. he's at sixty. He was at sixty one percent. It looks like last year. Um, yes, and so there's just no way he's going to get it in two years. Like the, the, he's not going to make up fourteen percent. It's just not happening. Personally, I don't think any of the steroid guys are getting in. They're not getting in this year, and I don't think any of them look to be getting in. No, ever, uh, at least from this crop. Well, maybe not in this method of voting. Maybe it's the uh, the heirs committee that, you know, does the same kind of exercise that we're doing right now, 10, 15 years down the road, and, and says, you know what? It, it really was a shame that Clemens, Bonds, et cetera, didn't make it. Uh, we're going to write those wrongs. How as, did, as we okay, do. so, how does, so uh, how does the heirs committee work? They just uh, they they go and get some bourbon and they lock themselves in a room and <laughs> much like how the cardinals and the Catholic faith pick a pope, 
Uh, they just sit around, um, very secretive. A uh, lot of ancient rituals are conducted. Okay. And then the white smoke gets released. Ooh. And uh, then they just, you know, send out, they just fold up the paper in a little paper airplane, throw it out the window, and then there's reporters out in the streets. No, uh, truth be told, I have no idea how it is. So okay. I think this it works. Is, uh, it works like this. I've got it. It's um, okay. So, so the errors committee. It's made up of four eras. The golden days, which is like, uh, or actually, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, early baseball. So prior to 1950. Okay. Golden days, 50 to 69. Nice. Modern baseball, Jeez. 70 to 87. Um, and then today's game is 88 to the present. So they have those different uh, committees and then it's on a rolling like thing. So uh, December of 2021, they're doing golden days and early baseball for the class of 2022. Okay. Um, today's game, the next time they vote is December of 2022 for that next class. And then next after that for today's game is de- uh, December of 2024 for the 2025 class. Okay, so, so they do two of them each year. And do you have to be dead to be selected? No, just retired. It's just okay. retired the, players who are the... no longer eligible. So, yeah, okay. and it's the... In the today's game committee, uh, it consists of 16 people, uh, members of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, executives, and veteran media members. So that probably doesn't bode very well. Um, Again, I'm saying I think maybe 10 years down the road. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a lot more lenient. It will. It will. Because those veteran media members will become who, you know, the millennial uh, class of uh, voters. So who are a lot more forgiving. So, um, that's kind of where it sits. And so when these guys miss the ballot, yeah, I mean, they still would have to wait like years to even be considered. It's like parole for these guys, honestly, because they'll be in like baseball prison. So, um, yeah, I mean, for guys like you mentioned, I mean, Kurt Schilling probably is getting in, but Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds are both in their ninth year now. And like, uh, they're not. Sammy Sosa's in his ninth. And Sammy Sosa's got 13%. Yeah, he's so there far is off. no love for Sammy Sosa. Because he corked his bad and did yeah. steroids. So. Yeah, which somehow, yeah. <laughs> somehow that's worse. Yeah, and, uh, and Mark McGuire. To, oh, go on. About McGuire. I was going to say, Mark McGuire, um, he got, he's already gone off the ballot. And he only, yeah. I think he only got 12%. Jeez. So. I mean, yeah, there's, it's just, yeah, he might've retired a little too early to be completely honest, just because it was, because it was like still when it was like all fresh, you know? And, and so he was like in and out real fast. I was so happy Jim Tomey got in so quickly. Oh yeah. But uh, 600 home runs. Yeah. But not a, uh, not unanimous, which that really, that really got me. Mariano Rivera still being the only one. Before we dive too much further, I wanted to bring up a, uh, an article I read this year, or just actually this week, uh, from uh, it was MLB.com, uh, Mike Petriello. Really interesting read. Kind of gives some insight, some little facts as I got really nerdy into this whole process. But the um, couple of the takeaways were 1.5% of all players who have ever played a game of Major League Baseball in their life make it to the Hall. If That's you incredible. remove if you remove those guys that get the cup of coffee and you kind of set the the, the benchmark at a thousand at bats, five hundred innings pitched, the number goes up to four point three percent. As he was calling them regular 
you know, everyday kind of players at that point. Um, so just some kind of interesting statistics of, you know, we're talking about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who by all accounts were the cream of the crop for, you know, two decades years. plus yeah. worth. And, uh, you know, they certainly, you know, would, would hold the mantle of a top 4% of those, the, the players from the, that era and, um, you know, may not get in, you know, the, the overarching uh, purpose of his articles was saying, you know, we're not putting enough guys in um, as it stands. And uh, I'll, I'll well, kind of and it, come back to that thought later, but just, just some no, food a good, for thought before we dive in too much. I mean, I think that's a good way to, it's a good way to frame it because we basically have just like, we're just like wiping out an era of baseball here where there are plenty of guys that transcend even the black mark of steroids who deserve to be in it and aren't in it. And so, you know, a guy like Manny Ramirez, who, um, if I were to take a quick look, Manny Ramirez is in his fifth year, 28%. Yeah, something like that. So he, I, you know, it. yeah, who knows with him. But, you know, it's he very clearly is one of the best hitters of all time. <laughs> so it's, it's just like, what are we doing here? Why, why, why are we not letting him in? I understand the reasons people are going to give me, but like you just framed it, baseball being around as long as it has. And the amount of people who've come and gone in this game, I hate just like being like, no, forget them. Like, no, forget these guys that are like truly some of the best players you've ever seen. Just don't even worry about them anymore. Because like you you mentioned, the next few years of ballots of guys coming up, it's not looking pretty. Guys who are entering the ballot. We, we, we discussed the guys who are first ballot Hall of Famers this year, and nobody excites me. Nobody excites me. I mean, besides Nick Swisher. Well, I mean, words, words, words won't do it justice. Didn't Michael um, Kadire win an MVP? Michael Kadir, I have his stats. I, I have all their stats. Uh, Michael Kadir was a two-time All-Star. Did not win an MVP. Okay. Oh, I was thinking of. Um, oh, I was thinking of uh, that other. Oh, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> this is a this is a name blast from the past. I'm trying to think of from the Twins. Um, oh, Morneau. He won an Justin MVP. I think. Oh, yes, he did. Um, um, but Kadir had some good years, man. He hit like, he uh, I'm thinking of the year he hit like 330. Yeah. Uh, with Colorado in like 2013. Unfortunately, his career war though is 17.7. Yeah. I mean, by the, no, the, it's like the it's average a guy who, of the average of a hall of famer is 69. Yeah. Oh, um, That's it, not a joke. no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the joke is that, uh, he would, I mean, it sucks because he, that he would get five percent. Yeah, the joke would year. be that he gets considered, um, but it's like uh, he had some good years. You know, he put together yeah. he put together a few good years. But like for a guy that you look at his career and you're like, God damn, that was a good career. He's a career two seventy seven hitter. Um, he played for fifteen years. By all accounts, he made a few All Star games. Like you know. Great player, great player in his time, but not won't even sniff the Hall of Fame. It's like that's how good you have to be. And yeah. 
I don't know. It's just crazy. Well, here's some numbers for some, you know, food for thought. The average hitter in the Hall of Fame has 226 home runs, over 1,231 RBIs, a batting average of 302. I mean, we could get, we could go deeper. Those are just the, you know, the kind of the sexy numbers that pop up that people will already look, you know, always look at. Oh, hits. Average Hall of Famer has over 2,400 hits to their career. Yep. I mean, those are easy numbers that are easily digestible by the average fan without getting too far into any advanced statistics. Now, um, it used to be 500 home runs was a guarantee, 3,000 uh, hits. Still is a guarantee, and, and, and those those numbers are going to have to be revisited, obviously, because you just gave you just came up with you know Kadir. I wouldn't vote for him without spoiling too much. Um, but there's a lot of guys who are really good who don't hit those milestones just because the era. Again, this kind of comes back to it's a different era. Guys aren't going. Pitching rotations are now five guys deep. It's not a three-man pitching rotation. Everybody's not going all nine innings or eight innings in a game, racking up strikeouts. So no one, who's going to hit three thousand strikeouts ever again? Right. No, you're right. Who who's going to get near three hundred wins? Like yeah, no one's going to get two hundred wins. Like oh wow, that's amazing. That is. There's guys for like currently playing right now. Kershaw, uh, Sabathia didn't even sniff three hundred. I mean, Sabathia got over two fifty. Yes. But that, that yeah, I mean, seems probably like a long in. shot. I mean, you're, we're going to have to really, in a few years, just because mm-hmm. of the, how the game is being played, really kind of step back and re-examine some of those holy numbers of, you know, the 500 home runs, the yeah. 300 wins, all, all of that. I was looking at the next couple of, uh, like, classes of eligible people. It's, like, pretty rough. I, I There's a couple, like, Big Poppy will probably get in. Oh, Carlos yeah, he's Beltran will get in probably. I don't know. Um, Actually, dude, I don't know if Carlos Beltran gets in. I think he'll get in after like a while. I don't think he's going to make first few years he'll get in. But you don't I think, think the garbage can is going to prevent him? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't see that preventing him. That's a, I mean, it's not but, a bad as that's a good point. But you got some like <laughs> names like Coco Crisp on there, Johnny yeah. Peralta. Like you feel bad Jared, for those guys. Like, yeah, you feel bad Jared for them Weaver. Who is like Jared Weaver decent. will make it for a few years on the ballot. On the but yeah, he'll stay on the ballot. But yeah, it's just like it's it's gonna be rough for a few years, honestly. Like I I I just can't I don't think there's gonna be a lot of guys. Like I think you you might get one or two, and then you'll rely on the uh eras committee to really fill out the class. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, it's uh it it just puts it in a nice perspective of just like all these guys we talk about, like even Mark Burley, man, like dude threw perfect game. I think he had like a couple or a couple no hitters or something. Yeah, I, I think he had remember. two or three no hitters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude was a great pitcher, and um, you know, I mean, I called him Bueller, so like that was great. <laughs> oh, you, you're out, Nella. You know Walker Bueller. You're like it's forgivable. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mark Burley and Tim Hudson both had over 200 wins. That's yeah. an amazing I mean, stat. They, Tim Hudson, I don't know. He'll he's he's borderline. I could see. I him. think Tim Tim Lincecum is interesting because that dude won like a couple of Cy Youngs and like I think he won an MVP and a World Series title, maybe two. I don't know if he was on that 
He didn't have that longevity, though, I don't think. He didn't. Yeah, that's what's interesting about him is like, yeah. like what if you have a guy who, like, what's your perspective on this? Like, okay, so I, I, I'll i tell you, you get a guy who he finishes with like 130 wins, a sub three ERA, only plays for eight years, wins three Cy Youngs and an MVP and like a World Series MVP. Well, you're you're almost describing was, Corey Kluber. Exactly. I was going to say you're almost describing Kluber to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the three Cy Youngs is an interesting point because anybody who has three Cy Youngs, with the exception of Clemens, has made it into the hall. Right. Well, that's the whole Sandy Koufax argument where he was yeah. bad. Like, he's one yeah. of my favorite players ever. He was bad for like several years, but then the most dominant pitcher for five to eight seasons. And then take like, a look at Nolan Ryan's stat line. He oh, was an Nolan accumulator. Ryan. Nolan Ryan was like the ultimate accumulator. I love he Nolan was. Ryan. Didn't he throw like seven no hitters though? He threw a bunch of no hitters, but if you take a That's look at his incredible. average season, he uh, he was he was pretty slightly above five. I mean, I know he had some like his career. I know he had some like you know four ERA seasons. Yeah. Um, but but okay. Well, here's my here's my answer then to that question is. I vote more in line with the guy who did, who was good to great every year for a long period of time. Um, Unless it's a guy, it's a longevity factor. Unless it's a guy who um, literally just like blew my socks off for like, if Kluber had won a third Cy Young lock done, like not a question. And getting that world series MVP. Yeah, if he gets I mean, if he if the Indians nah, win that World, World Series, Series stuff, that doesn't bother. I, to me, it's regular season. I don't even like think about postseason with these guys. Really? Sometimes. Okay. Because I, I I feel like that's an unfair barometer because it's not like an even playing field. That's totally Be- fair, actually, because that's the Yankees argument we were talking about. Where it's like if you right. were on the Yankees in the nineties, you had uh, such a high probability. Obviously, it was harder to make that team and like be a starter. But the probability of you having opportunities to hit a walk-off home run are way greater than like being a Kansas City Royal in the nineties, right? Like, you know, winning five World Series to me doesn't mean like, oh, that means you're a Hall of Famer. It's like, well, I mean, what kind of player were you? You know, are you a fourth outfielder? You know, it it just doesn't like. There's so many variables to like. Like Kershaw, it's like him winning a title now doesn't like affect how I think about him as a Hall right. of Famer. It's like he, you know, he was always going to be my a first ballot to me. It doesn't hurt, you know, it totally doesn't hurt the resume. Like if Kluber had won a World Series MVP, but if he had won that third Cy Young, even in a limited amount of time that he was like quote unquote great, hell yeah, yeah he'd have been in the Hall of Fame. But he got hurt. And that's like where you start to look at, a you know, the longevity factor. And you say like, yeah, that happens to most guys where they break down and they don't sustain that like unbelievable run for that long. So for guys to be able to do that, like an Omar Vizquel, like I know he's a stat chaser, um, but the dude <laughs> but played was, for 24 years. And he was and like he the was best. Good. Well, that's the thing. I think if you're if you're also the best that you're because every other every other Hall of Fame, I know that baseball is the hardest to get into. But if you tell somebody like they were the best player in the NBA, so like the whole being the best for a short amount of time, like if you say you were the, this person was the best pitcher in baseball for six years, won multiple Cy Youngs, to me, that's Hall of Fame worthy. If you were the best quarterback in the NFL, 
Yeah, Max, Max Scherzer is a great example. But if and if you were the best quarterback in the NFL for six seasons, you're in the Hall of Fame. Like you're going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you were the best basketball player, I mean, basketball is like a weird one because like they extend to college. But if you were the best in the NBA for five years, you're in the Hall of Fame. Like I know, I know there's dudes in the Basketball Hall of Fame who are like ten points and eight rebound, like, but they were they won a bunch of titles. Like I know that their Hall of Fame is like insane. Oh, but, some of those guys <laughs> on the Boston Celtics from the forties and fifties who like literally <laughs> look like gym teachers. Yes, those yeah. guys. They were yes. like the eighth man on the team. Right, right. When there were but, like eight teams in the league. <laughs> but to me, it's like if you were the best in the planet at your position, and it's the most important position, like a pitcher in baseball, and you were the best, even if it's only six years, I think you belong in the Hall of Fame. Or if you were good over a super long period of time, the Nolan Ryans, then you also belong in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't yeah. think you need to be the top pitcher or the top four pitcher in the in the league for 14 seasons. Like that's just not a thing anymore, especially now with how you have the the Rays who are like who are like we're gonna have four starters and then we're gonna do a bullpen game. Like that's not how baseball is anymore. No. No, and you and you bring I mean, what you just said, Fabs, is is proof in the pudding of why things are definitely going to change with some of these newer classes. I mean, Hudson and Burley, two two guys with 200 wins. You're, I mean, we're going to have to look at that as a new barometer. Yeah. You know, and I, I definitely think that we're, we're probably on that doorstep. I think it's safe to say, and it's good that we're having this this discussion to kind of set the table of what to expect for next year's class, even totally because it gets grim. It'll also become. uh, It'll also uh, get interesting though, because you mentioned Mark Burley and then also Andy Pettit. Uh, They actually had similar career ERAs of uh, just over like three eight, and. When you look at the pitchers in the Hall of Fame, that would put both of them. I think it, I think that would put um, that would put both of them as like the second and third highest ERA career yep. ERAs to be in the Hall of Fame. So with the way that the game is played now, you almost have to say with like you know the launch angle and dudes just trying to hit twelve run homers and that kind of stuff is do the guys with higher ERAs get a better consideration? Um, back in the day. 200 wins in a 3-8 ERA was like, sorry. No, <laughs> like, you had like, a good okay, career, but good. it wasn't a Hall of Fame career. Right. And honestly, yeah. to me, that's still the case. It's like, Mark Burley and Tim Hudson, or not Tim Hudson, but even like Andy Pettit. It's like, you guys had gr- great careers, but I don't know. Ultimately, I don't think any of those guys get in either. No. But well, I'm Andy just, definitely I'm just, not because of the steroids, but... Yeah, yeah. He did himself no favors there by being, not reaching a lot of different milestones and then the steroids. But... I mean, in today's game, we talk about pitchers with sub four ERAs as being pretty solid, you know. Right. You sprinkle yeah, in you a kill couple for of, that guy. You you sprinkle in a couple of other accolades of maybe a five year run of just pure dominance. Two, three Cy Youngs, maybe in that that stretch. A couple of All Star game appearances. Those are all nice things that'll fill out that plaque in Cooperstown. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited for like eight to 10 years from now where you're going to like, it's going to shift. There's going to be that shift in baseball writers. It's going to be great. Like I, I can't wait to see 
Also, like, I just love thinking. I, ESPN did a article. It was now it's super depressing based off our last episode about Lindor, but it's like surefire Hall of Famers for each team, and it's like, and they were oh, doing boy. like fake projections of like what their careers look like, and they did it like the year after the Indians were in the World Series. So it was like so Lindor, Lindor like, like finally the brings the, that World Series to Cleveland. He like <laughs> celebrates a, a long career in Cleveland, and they went team by team by team. But I, it is fun looking at like the league now and just being like, okay, who were the surefire Hall of Famers? And it's like Kershaw, Mike Trout, Verlander, probably right. The Verlander, I would say, probably is. Yeah, it's, I think Pujols. Sabathia. A pool, oh yeah, pool, I mean, thank Pujols, you, Pujols. Yeah. Sabathia um, is going to make it. Yeah, Scherzer is going to make it. Unless you already mentioned him. No, um, I didn't. You, you had mentioned sure. him earlier, but yeah, Scherzer's yeah, yeah. the guy who's going to make it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be maybe. Yeah, Arenado Don't probably. Blow. This needs to be. We're going to do a follow up episode of this. We're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Our, okay our we'll, projected. I won't. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll prepare for that properly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yep. it's exciting. Oh, like I, I get so excited about the future of the Hall of Fame. Where when you start talking about you know the Eras Committee uh, getting the stick out of their ass, talking like letting guys like Pete Rose in, like because he's going to get in, but it's probably they're probably going to just be so spiteful and wait till he dies to be I like mean, we finally got you, buddy. Like, I mean, yeah, that's honestly you. how it's going to be. Is gonna they're gonna and uh, and with the steroid era, they're gonna wait until that era is like thirty or forty years old, which it already is like closing in on. You know, it's crazy. It's 20, it you know, it's about twenty some years almost. So yeah. another ten to fifteen years, they'll they'll look at it differently, and that's when we're going to be taking our teenage kids to the Hall of Fame. And, yep. like, and that's when those sports writers who thought they were all jerks and wouldn't, you know. You hear the stories about McGuire not giving them the time of day, Barry Bonds being short with those writers. Those guys are going to be long gone. Yeah. It's going to be guys like us who, like you said earlier, Steve, woke up, saw the, you know, that, that record breaking home run. And that, that that's who's going to be voting. You know, we'll be yeah. that much further down the road. And you'll have guys that come up behind that era, you know, who are heck in high school right now. And they just, they don't know what these dudes, you know, their transgressions or, or alleged transgressions. They just need, they just see the numbers. And right. Like, yeah. What? And, and you know, like us with Rose. And you have people right. who can look at right. like the history of it and be like, oh, well, these guys did steroids, but then this other era did all these X, Y, and Z. And we turned a blind eye to it just because they were nasty to me. I'm going to condemn this entire era of, of great players. Uh, without looking at the the history of people who was in the in the Hall of Fame now, I mean, you and you can't tell me, you know, you're talking you're talking about just like looking at stats. Like, all right, if you just want to start looking at stats, like kids today do not know what it was like when Barry Bonds was at the height of his powers. That teams were fucking walking him with bases loaded so that they wouldn't yeah. have to face him. That he had an on base percentage over six hundred in uh, some seasons. <laughs> Uh, he he had it in one season. He had in uh, yes in uh, 2004. He had an on base percentage of 600. He had 232 walks. Like this is a dude that would get one pitch a game, one pitch, and everything else was just like garbage. And he right. still had to try and hit that out of the park and would do it. That is harder than anything else that a baseball player at a hitter goes through. Um, it's mind-boggling. So, do you I think he was we'll, the best of all time? He might be, honestly, 
truly the best hitter of all time because what he was able to accomplish when everybody knew what he was trying to do and what was at stake and what they were doing with him at the plate, which they've never done before or since to a player. It's video games. It's the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. And and it's, and it's bullshit that people like uh, downplay it because of, you know, the steroid stuff. It it, it truly is like the most incredible thing you could ever watch. Um, to, To put that much fear into other teams that you force them to do things that have never been done before. And like I said, never since they don't treat Mike Trout this way. No, they're not like no. walking him every, every uh, three at bats in a game. They, they pitch to him and like, he's great. And he's also, you know, one of the best hitters ever, but like, could he do that? I don't know if they, if they were to walk him three out of four at bats and then be like in the fourth at bat, we're going to go to a three, one count. And you get one strike. You know, like what? Can you hit it exactly? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it, it, it like it's just crazy. So uh, we can definitely talk more about Barry Bonds, but I want to get into our ballots. So, Chris, I want you to go first because I'm very you. You wouldn't tell us ahead of time what your ballot was. No, no I want to know. No, I'm not going to tip my cap. I hope you were just me, old timey, angry baseball writers. Like nobody's getting in. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Initially, Uh-oh. on first blush, when I looked at the when I looked at the this year's class, I was kind of thinking, well, Kurt Schilling, I don't care for the dude's politics. the The whole bloody sock the way he thing, runs video really, game companies, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the whole bloody sock faking uh, thing was that proven uh, to be fake? I, there's been some things that have come out here. Where it seems like it was maybe not faked, but um, embellished. Let's put it that way. You know, Barry Bonds with, I, you know, I think, let me say this. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are two of the best players at their position. That when I say you have to review the, the, the careers, those are two guys that you have to review and go, you know what? You guys were even good before these allegations started. Why did yeah. you, why did you put yourself into this situation you know, there's. I went down the list, and I'm kind of like, well, you know, they're not going to get in because they're tied to steroids, or you know what, they were they were really good, but they weren't Hall of Fame good. But I, you know, I kind of did a deep dive and and looked across the average statistics of each, you know, a position player and a pitcher, and there were you know only really a handful of guys that jumped out that kind of at first blush made, you know, even kind of check that box off. And then, like I said, you go down and you go, well, no steroids or whatever. Um, You know, war being one of them, there were one, two, three, four, five guys being Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Scott Rowland. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Manny Ramirez are the only guys above 69%. Or 69, uh, uh, 69 war. Meanwhile, everybody buys 162. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody else falls way below that list. And again, this is where I kind of, you know, after reading that article, I kind of was like, okay, maybe I have to rethink. So I stepped back and, you know, I looked at some other statistics and I was kind of like, okay, these guys are in so on and so forth. You know, they check all the boxes. So with all that said, all that out of the way, my ballot, I have six guys on the ballot. 
Okay. I have three guys that I'm kind of on the fence with, where it was kind of, well, I, I think I made arguments for other guys that would hold up and, and, and be true for you too. So I wouldn't want to see those guys necessarily fall off. But my six that I was, that I would vote for would be Schilling, okay. Bonds, Clemens, Helton. Yep. And because it's an Indians podcast, I can't leave off Omar. And Omar. I can't leave off Manny. Okay. Now, Schilling, you know, he's right there. Never tied to the you know the the steroids allegations as far as I'm aware, but you pretty know, damn he, good he career, pretty, yeah, pretty damn good career. Yes, Clemens a, psych- and Bonds, a complete those, psycho, but total oh, psycho. The, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> hey, go but read his know, Twitter but, feed if you really want to. Like, did we know feel that weird. during his playing career? I mean, hindsight twenty twenty. So, social so, like, media I mean, ruined. Social media social, ruins a lot of people, and social media might ruin more guys. You know, as we as yeah. we. Get yeah. further and further along with it. Um, so, so, I mean, you got to, I'm just looking at the ball player. I'm just and trying to be fair. as yeah. objective as possible. So, Schilling gets it. Clemens and Bonds, their numbers are through the roof. Yeah. Yep. I mean, seven Cy Youngs. He's the only guy with more than three Cy Youngs in Clemens to not be in the Hall of Fame. The man's got over 4,600 strikeouts in his career. He's the only pitcher with more than 300 wins, not in the Hall of Fame. 354. Yeah. Every other guy who has 300 wins in the Hall. And again, like we said earlier, you're not getting to 300. Barry Bonds was a seven-time MVP, a 14-time All-Star Game participant. I mean, these their, their numbers are crazy through the roof. Um, who else did I have? Um, Todd Helton. Todd Helton literally checks every box, statistically speaking, that you would ask a hitter to check. Mm-hmm. The only thing is his war, just under 62. Yeah. That's tough just under his team stunk. And his team stunk. So, I mean, he and, and that dude was a, a beast for so long. Um, Do you I buy into Steve, the, like, work? The Colorado advantage. You know, and I thought about that, but again, you know, yes, he had that slight advantage. I'm sure that probably helped boost some numbers, but ultimately he had to go out every day and put those numbers up. And he did. Okay. And there's no there's no ties to steroids with him. You know, I mean, what was his home run total? I missing it here now. Uh, three three sixty nine. Uh, three sixty nine. Very respectable. I mean, that's well over the average of the Hall, you know. Dude, it's not, dude it's has not a the career batting five, average it's not the Yeah, that's well above the 302 average. And a 414 on base percentage, which is pretty great. I mean, his, his number, some of his numbers are crazy. Now so Helton had I more walks in his off. career. He had, he had more walks yeah. in his career than strikeouts. That's fucked up. It is. It's wow. crazy. What you, what were you gonna say, Fabs? What did you have? Now I feel bad. I left him off my ballot. <laughs> <laughs> you let that that Next you let that altitude. You let that altitude. You yeah, know. it was the altitude. Yeah. yeah, I just like I I feel like he has to he has to wait at least five years because he had that advantage playing in uh, that Mile High Stadium. <laughs> hey, you know? hey, fair enough, fair enough. Those humidor fair balls. Enough. Yeah, and then you know, kind of circling to the Indians duo, 
Omar has 11 gold gloves to his name. Jesus. Yeah, you know, the man may have been a stat collector, uh, but he still came pretty darn close to 3,000 hits at, you know, 2877. Um, and that goes to that longevity, especially the gold gloves. There's only, by the way, I wanted to see how many gold, how, what, what the magic number with gold gloves was. Probably around 10. There's only two guys with double-digit gold gloves who aren't in the hall. Jim Cat and Keith Hernandez. Um, wow, that's a good stat. Yeah, yeah. That's that was that was one where again, I, I'm telling you guys, I went nerdy on all of this. I, I I like these deep dives. The, our research department over here. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then to wrap it up, department. Yep. <laughs> to wrap it up with Manny. Manny was again very much like Helton checked all the statistical boxes. Actually, put up 555 home runs. Again, 500 Jesus. home runs. 500 home runs used to be a magic number. Before before we jumped on, I looked at all the guys with 600 plus and 500 plus home runs. There is there are two names on this list of guys not in the hall who, to my knowledge, have no association or allegations of steroid use, and one of them is not eligible for the hall because he's still playing in Elver Pools. The other is Reggie Jackson, who had 563 home runs. Everybody else on this list, Bonds, Arod, uh, Sosa, McGuire, Palmero, Manny, Ortiz, and Sheffield all had some kind of allegations. But Manny kind of, to me, was such a great hitter. You know, he did the Manny being Manny stuff, uh, as we all know and is well documented. But he was such a good hitter before any of these mm-hmm. allegations came around that I had to say, yes, he belongs in the hall. So that makes my list up. Um, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, and last but not least, Billy Wagner are kind of my fringe three that were probably my interesting, uh, my bubble, my bubble picks, if we will. What was it? Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, and who else? And, and uh, Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, Andrew Jones, another double digit um, Gold Glove winner. Sheffield had you know five hundred home runs. And Wagner had over 400 saves. So, wow. Well, and Wagner has a pretty good shot with the way relievers are now viewed. Yes. Yeah. In the Hall of Fame. And I hope those guys remain on the ballot because I don't, I I think that their kind of their careers um, don't pop out as the others do, but but they were pretty darn good for a pretty long time. Some of these guys are going to have to get in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, and, and hey, and those are three clean guys right there too. So yeah, if you guys, yeah. want, I mean, if they want to stick it to the steroid users, um, there's yeah. no better way. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point. But so um, long okay. and short, I did a lot very of research, good. and uh, I love it. Only put makes, six us, in. makes us all sound very smart when you do that. Totally. Yeah, I disagree <laughs> with your stats. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, all right, Fabs, let's go uh, with you. I, on the flip side, did very little research, but I used my gut. And I think as a as a Hall of Fame voter, that's really all that matters. Um, Trust, so, I promise you most of those guys, a lot of those guys are doing that. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, so... I probably put more research in than most voters. Yeah, no, the things you... Your breakdown just now was probably a bigger deep dive than 95% of the voters each year. All right, so I picked... 
I also picked uh, six guys, almost all the same. We just flipped one person. Um, so Omar Vizquel, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Manny Ramirez. And I did not include Todd Helton. Uh, I included Sammy Sosa. So Omar Vizquel, he was the best defensive shortstop probably of all time. Top two that you can make the argument, I guess. But he, 11 gold gloves. He, yeah, remarkably, he almost did hit 3,000 home runs. I know it's because he played for literally 3, like... 3,000 hits. Or, th- yeah, I wish 3,000 home runs. Uh, 3,000 <laughs> hits. Uh, it, I mean, I know he played for like so many years and did accumulate a lot of stats, but he was still... Hey, man, just, so did Jeter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Jeter yes, played that's very time. fair. Yeah, he did. That's a lot of stat um, collectors. But yeah, I mean, Omar was always making remarkable plays in an era where the sports center top 10 was like the thing to be on. He was almost always on it and he's a Cleveland Indian. And I think he'll actually get on in three years. I think he's going to make a big jump up this year because he was obviously never associated with steroids because he has 80 career home runs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Barry Bonds, I think he's the best baseball player of all time. Um, He, like Steve mentioned, just insanely feared the stuff that you saw happen never will happen again. It never happened to that point. It was literally like like watching a video game where it's just you couldn't pitch to the guy. He was always hitting home runs. His his walk totals are just insane. His on base percentage that's like the, that six hundred on plus on base percentage in that season is like a stat from like an all state player on a high school team. Like that's not a real, that's not a base, I guess that's not a like pro baseball stat ever. Um, So Barry Bonds, like he didn't, unfortunately, uh, and I think Chris, you're the one who threw out the like, why did these guys do it? It's because they're competitors and they wanted to win championships and other people were doing it. They weren't getting caught. So they're like, well, I'm the best. I, I'm going to do it too. Like I, uh, and they still remain the best. Uh, yeah, Roger Clemens, everybody's always looking for his, that competitive edge. They are. Um, it's unfortunate. Didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's unfortunate, but like Clemens and Bonds, um, they were like two of the best of all time at their positions. So I, Roger Clemens, his numbers are insane. He was so good for so long, uh, stretching back to his time with the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's just like a no brainer to me. He's not going to, he's probably not going to get in. It's a lot of ground to make up in two years, but I'm sure the the ERA's committee will put him in after he serves his time in their imaginary uh, prison that they create. <laughs> I'm excited for his crazy speech. Kurt Schilling will probably get in this year. At the I, very they, I, I can see year. them being like, you're not doing a speech. Like, actually, this would be the best year to do it when they what? say, like, the coronavirus um, yeah. prevents a speech from happening. Right. Like we're not we're not doing it and like well, we're no, never the, gonna let the you ceremony do it. the ceremony is gonna be a, a two day event now this year. Oh god they, they haven't even done last year's Oh you're right oh. induction. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Right. So we saw that whole Mariano love affair oh, schedule. God. Good, good. Uh, dude. Kurt Schilling and Mariano can talk about how great Trump is uh together. Um, oh dude. I actually <laughs> like Schilling will like destroy any goodwill that he earns from making the Hall of Fame within like 20 seconds of starting his speech. Totally. You know, you're totally right. I mean, <laughs> so Kurt Schilling, he he has some of the biggest postseason like moments of all time, even though I know there was the like controversy with the uh the Buddy Sock game. He was just like a big time pitcher. Uh he was on 
that crazy Diamondbacks team that won the World Series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, did he pitch in like three of those World Series games? Or like yeah, four of he them? Was, he, him and Randy Johnson like willed that team to a World yes. Series championship, yep. which is insane. Uh, but yeah, they it, Yankee fans hate him. Uh, they they uh, he he took you know that magic year when the only year people became Yankees fans in two thousand one after nine eleven and like took that title from them and then uh, they he uh, humiliated the Yankees when they were up three zero against Boston and helped Boston win their championship. So uh, Schilling will get in um, and it will be insane to watch his speech. Uh, Manny Ramirez, like you said, Chris, he checks all the boxes. He was an Indian. I love Manny Ramirez. He was crazy. He was fun. He was exciting. He was all the things you like want baseball players to be, but old school baseball players tell you, or baseball guys tell you is wrong to be, which is why I love the the current young uh, group of baseball players we have because they don't care at all. They're doing their own thing, and it is so much fun to watch. Uh, well over five hundred home runs. I know there were steroid allegations, uh, but I think he'll also get in at some point many, many years from now. And then finally, Sammy Sosa. Uh, he's not going to get in. He's not close to getting in. Maybe <laughs> if there's a giant transformation in the Eras Committee. But the dude hit over 50 home runs three years in a row. He hit over 60 home runs two times. And he is the source of the most magical baseball season of our lives in 1998 with the insane race that was uh, between him and Mark McGuire for breaking Roger Maris's uh, record of 61 home runs. Um, he was electric. He did his running out to the, uh, the outfield. He almost got the Cubs over the hump and got them to the world series. Um, he was great. He was a, he was a pretty good, uh, like defensive outfielder, but he was just, you know, the epitome of a, of a slugger. His numbers are pretty insane. Um, career, uh, career yeah. batting average isn't great. I mean, it's 273. That's like fine, but he had 609 career home runs. Uh, so yeah. over 1600 RBIs, um, and, uh, 344 on base percentage, pretty good slugging percentage, 534. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, he was great and he was, he made baseball a lot of money. Like, let's like, at the end of the day, I know he, he had the cork bat incident. He had the steroid, uh, connection, but he also was the, one of the main reasons, um, him and Mark McGuire were, two of the biggest reasons baseball became big again. And like, we need to not forget that you have an entire generation of kids who became the Mike Trouts of today because of, uh, guys like Sammy Sosa. So I, I think he, he definitely deserves it. Uh, so that is my six with Todd Helden on the outside looking in. Uh, I'll let him in next year though. Uh, but you know, he played in that, that baseball stadium where balls were just flying out. Um, and then, I, I oddly enough, even though I hate the Yankees, I have Pettit in there. Uh, he did have a lot of wins and Gary yeah, Sheffield, I mean, great uh, especially roided up Gary Sheffield on the Yankees, uh, is my favorite Gary Sheffield, uh, where he was just <laughs> yeah. way bigger than he ever was anywhere else. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, love, about the I love, uh, Gary Sheffield in like 87 with the Brewers when he was like a twig. That oh, yeah. <laughs> The thing about the 90s was, as a kid, it gave me definitely like an unreal expectation of what my forearms would look like when I was an adult. <laughs> like, what was it, Luis I, I Gonzalez like, for the, the Diamondbacks? Yeah. 
Or he got oh, so? yeah, yeah. Was the year they won the World Series, and he like hit like fifty plus home runs, and his forearms were literally video game forearms. I loved it. <laughs> the veins on these things, man, so big. Steve thought, Steve thought he was going to be like a, the living embodiment of a comic book superhero. Totally. Well, that's what, that's what these guys years. look like. Because, like, when when you look at those like old '90s jerseys, yeah. like their biceps are like tearing out of the shirts. Out of the jersey sleeves, and like now, guys are like they're obviously still like ripped, but like it's very deceptive because it's a different, you know, kind of like body type, and the, it's a di- bit of a different fit. But like, holy shit, those '90s jerseys, those dudes just like exploded out of them. Yeah. So that doesn't stop me from voting for these guys. So I, I, uh, I actually don't have any surprises on here. Uh, that haven't already been mentioned. So I'll just run through my list. I did uh, seven. So I've got, uh, I'll just run through it real quick. But um, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Omar Vizquel, Todd Helton, Manny Ramirez, and Sammy Sosa. Um, really, honestly, for the same reasons that uh, that you guys threw out there. I mean, Barry Bonds and Clemens, those are so easy. Those are like no-brainers. Um, I, I feel like Kurt Schilling is the same way. I don't discount, like, I know I mentioned, you know, I don't count postseason success necessarily in a resume, but it's like, it's not, I guess I count it like, I'll use it for someone, but I don't always like, I won't like use it against someone if they don't have it, I guess okay. is where, so I, I, I try to use it, I try to use it in the sense of like, like when you mentioned Schilling, like his World Series runs in 2001 and 2004, almost even like surpass anything he ever did as like a regular season pitcher because those are two of the most incredible postseason runs you'll ever see. So like when it works, because like with with like a guy like Clayton Kershaw kind of has had a shitty postseason career. So I wouldn't want to hold it against him necessarily. But, you know, if it works to a guy's advantage, it's like, okay, you know, I'll use it. It's a case by case basis. Um, But he still had a just fantastic career otherwise. So um, I think Schilling's a pretty easy lock. Uh, uh, terrifying Twitter feed and all. Omar Vizquel, um, people always use Ozzie Smith as the barometer. Um, you know, Smith had 13 gold gloves, Vizquel had 11. Um, Ozzie Smith played for 19 years. <laughs> so that dude <laughs> played forever as well. And um, Omar had a 10 point higher career batting average than Ozzy Smith. So like if you but want Omar to start getting into like flips, so right exactly. Yeah. He only you know the the cool ass barehanded play apparently isn't enough to sway people. So he should have been doing like corkscrews and uh <laughs> like quadruple jumps and <laughs> um Omar you know, should have taken a season off and gone and uh become a uh figure skater for for the yeah, or gone to or, tumbling or, camp or something. You were right. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the other thing about Omar that I think like gives him an unfair knock is that he was like a forgotten player on those Indians offenses because he wasn't an offensive juggernaut of a player that I think, weirdly, it works against him in some cases because he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't really even like the catalyst of the offense. It, you know, I was like, you know, Kenny Lofton was that guy. And... He wasn't the home run hitter. And it's like, okay, so people, un, I think, unfairly like knock him for that. 
And then don't even consider what his career was like even beyond the Indians, which was like another like 15 years. So, um, I don't know. I I mean, dude, yeah. Played for 24 years. (laughs) It's insane. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, I think he's, I think he's a no brainer. I think he'll, he'll probably a couple more years, uh, last on the ballot. Um, I don't remember when Ozzy Smith got in what year he did, but, um, if that dude's in, it's like, there's no reason why Omar Vizquel shouldn't be on in the hall of fame. Like that barrier has been broken. Yeah. Um, Todd Helton is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. Like dude is so underrated. I just, I loved, I, cause I love him because I grew up, this was right around the time, like when I was reading Moneyball, <laughs> And so I was like obsessed with dudes who had on base percentages. <laughs> and to me, he was like a God. Like I thought Todd Helton was a God amongst men because in a, in an era when it was just like, this was even a little bit before what it is now, where it's like, who gives a shit if you strike out? Um, this was an era where like it was starting to become that where more and more guys were just going to be mashers. And uh, that, that dude just, you know, did his thing. Um, he was just a complete hitter and still had to play half his games away from course field and still had a career on base percentage of over 400. So, and over career, uh, uh, batting average over 300. So like 316. So, and he had one good playoff run, so that's good enough. <laughs> so Todd Helton to me, like uh, Chris said, is just, he checks all the boxes. It's like, he may not be like the most exciting player of all time, but it's like, if you're asking what a Hall of Fame player is, it's pretty much Todd Helton. And then my other two, like I said, Manny Ramirez and Sosa. Ramirez is an easy choice just because he is, I think, one of the best pure hitters of all time. Total psycho. I love him. I love the dude to death. Um, <laughs> But he, but he's just, I mean, he's just a fantastic hitter and for, you know, his stats, obviously just deserves to be in the hall of fame. It's like, I know he's got his own, uh, his own demons with, you know, steroids and everything, or when he was taking the, uh, estrogen pills or whatever the hell it was. Yes. You remember that? But like, Hey man, he gave us. Yeah. That was, that was like, that seemed that seemed uh, the estrogen pills seemed like they were. That was just like two, three years ago. I don't even know anymore. I, mean, I, I think knows? that's when he was trying to make a comeback with the Rays. It was, yeah, that is correct. You are correct. So he was trying to play baseball in Taiwan. Well, he moved on from Taiwan. He was in. Uh, I think he was playing in a different league. I think, uh, or was trying to, but I can't remember. It was like with the Kochi Fighting Dogs. I don't remember what league that's that is. I don't know if that's still Taiwan. Um, but yeah, I just, I think Manny Ramirez just, I mean, when you look at the career, it's like obvious, but also just, you just know he's one of the best hitters of all time. It's like some, some guys are just so plainly obvious that it's almost like, why do I have to explain it? (laughs) But like, here we are. So, uh, Manny's a lock for me. And then I, and then this was the one that I had the most trouble with was Sammy Sosa. And the reason is. I mean, aside from the home runs, his career is pretty good. Um, I would, you know, but at the same time, to what Fabs was saying, it's like I think he had four years where in a row where he hit fifty or more homers. If I was looking at it correct, so he had sixty six and ninety eight, sixty three and ninety nine, fifty in two thousand, and sixty four again in two thousand one. That four year stretch alone 
almost makes him like a lock for the Hall of Fame. And then he also hit 609 total, where 500 used to be the the lock number. I would say 600 probably is going to be the like no doubt about it lock because nobody's hitting 600 home runs ever again, at least anytime soon. I'm trying to think, does Albert Pujols have 600? Yes. Yeah, he does. He Pujols does. does. Yeah, 614. Yes. He just got there, yes. Yeah. So... You know, guys like uh, Pujols, Tommy, like they cross that ba- that barrier. I don't know who's going to get there anymore. Probably. Yeah, it's going to be a while. I mean, somebody will with the way that the league is kind of you got like moving Miguel towards. Cabrera of active players. Miguel Cabrera is second with 487. Uh, he, he'll probably get to 500. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion's at 424. Nelson Cruz is at 417. Ryan Braun is at 352. So there's a giant drop off of of young guys, uh, like you got John Carlos Stanton at 312, Mike Trout's at 302 already. So he'll probably Trout, get there. Trout is the one that you look at and go if he totally. stays healthy. I thought Joey Votto had there. more. He's only at 295. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, 600 is probably going to be like that next sort of just mortal lock sort of Hall of Fame. You know, not not counting the steroid stuff, but. But yeah, so I, you know, Sosa, I can't discount 609 home runs despite the corked bat and yeah. the uh, steroid <laughs> use and uh, his general assholishness. So, dude still hits 609 home runs, man. It's just hard to discount that. And um, he put up some super eye popping, like, just years where he had, like, I think in 98, he had 60, he had the 66 home runs, like 158 RBIs, like, just <laughs> insane. <laughs> numbers um his career war is actually pretty low and i i know that's got to be part of the reason why he's like not even close to sniffing and the he's like 13 percent. like he's just I, I don't even think he ever i don't know if he'll ever get in um even with like the errors committee i really don't know um how they'll view him uh moving forward so uh but using my using my uh, methodology of like I have to look at everybody like with a clean slate and not necessarily look at what they did as like uh, on a personal level with what they did with steroids. It's like, well, pretty damn hard to count out Sammy Sosa um, as a Hall of Famer. So that's why I threw him in there because I I do think it's fair to look at him as fairly as I do like a Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. So I threw him in there. And then just as an update, Kochi, the Kochi Fighting Dogs are a Japanese team. So Manny Ramirez was trying to get in on. No, he did play for them. And they were, I, I'd have to look up what the rider was for him and his contract. But it was crazy from what I remember. It was like something that involved like a ton of sushi or something. But anyway, so <laughs> just Manny Ramirez is off playing on like every in every Asian country until he's like 75 years old. So The I new Julio it. Franco, uh, Satchel Page. Hey. I love it. I love it. All right, I th- that's our; those are our ballots. Uh, we do hey. not have actual votes. The, de- no. the deadline is December thirty first, so um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, if you guys are interested, I will have to throw it out on social. Um, there is a guy that tracks all the completed ballots on Twitter, and I, his name is escaping me right now. I follow um, him. I don't remember his name though. Yeah, like I want to say it's Ryan Thibodeau, but that could be like way wrong. So I'll just let's just pretend I didn't say that. So we'll, we'll find him. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, right. So uh, we will share that guy because he does a great job with it every year. And I uh, <laughs> apparently not enough for me to remember his name. So, um, but we'll share him. Chris, what did you have? I had two quick uh, questions that came up that you guys always do this to me when, when we're having these discussions. I, I overlook things and, and don't even think about them in the context. Um, I mean, you guys both convinced me that so maybe I should revisit Sosa. The war, I think, did it for me. But that being said, um, we discussed kind of at length how it's, the voting is going to change in the next, you know, X amount of years with players. And we all kind of agree that maybe postseason accolades don't mean as much. And we all kind of just look at the regular season. I, I'm, I'm starting to think, too, that, you know, back in the day, there was only the championship series and then you went to the World Series. So obviously not as enough or not as many teams were making it. Um, and the Yankees hogged the spotlight uh, right. for decades. Uh, with that being said, and with teams or the playoffs being expanded to eight teams potentially, do you think that's going to be something that we can start looking a little bit more into? Mm. Um, and then the other question I had, fun one, what's your favorite Manny being Manny moment? Okay, my favorite Manny being Manny moment, I, God, I have so many. The one, the the home run call from Taiwan isn't really a Manny being Manny moment because it's not him. But this ball is long gone, like the ex-girlfriend who will never return. That announcer <laughs> who called that home run, like, that's pretty damn good. But like just a pure Manny moment was when he cut off the throw in the outfield for no reason. And like when he like... So like Damon, I think it was Johnny Damon was throwing the ball in to the cutoff man. And for some reason in the middle of the outfield, Manny cut off the cutoff throw. That was a good one. (laughs) That was like so absurd. So I think that might be my favorite. And then also to your question on the playoffs, um, I think it'll it'll work for me in in the way of um, it can only help a cause, I think. Like, Like, you know... Um, let's, let's say, I don't know, Shane, you know, the Indians go to the play with the eight teams, the Indians go in the playoffs the next five years and Shane Bieber puts together just like this incredible run, but maybe never wins another Cy Young. Maybe I view it, you know, I don't know. Maybe I think of it in those terms. Um, or like if Kluber gets healthy and somehow goes on like one magical, uh, postseason run with the Rangers. Um, uh, uh, so what other team? Some other team. And they'll um, come back here. We're going to resign them to a minor league deal, dude. I'd be down with that. Don't I would. Count, I would out. definitely be down with that. Um, I, I don't want to tempt myself with that. Yeah, thought. it's too tantalizing. That is saucy. It makes it makes a ton of sense. And but you know, I'm sure there's a desperate team out there that. So, yeah, so I, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think you can only bode well for players um, yeah. moving forward. Um, okay, so my favorite Manny being Manny, the one I immediately think of is when he, like, was peeing in between innings yes. and, like, behind the green monster. 
<laughs> and like he just like almost missed the start of the inning and no one knew where he went because he just like went through that door in the outfield and I was like yep. what the fuck is he doing uh, and then there, he just like filled that cup up and just like left it back there um, that's like the one I immediately think of I bet it's still there that's that's where I go too that's oddly enough I think that that same season wasn't that the same season where he wore the uh, the Oakleys with the headphones attached yes it was yeah. That was that. Those two, for yeah, because that became like a, a sports center. Like that was sports center heyday, you know, of like Stuart Scott, RIP. Sure. Where, yeah, it was Wait, what always. He, what was he doing? He wore headphones during a game. Yes, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They were Oakley. Oakley came out with, uh, you know, like when MP3 players were first coming out. So probably what two thousand four five range. Mm-hmm. Um, Oakleys, they had. Um, Headphones attached to the to the sides of the headphone or to the to the lens, <laughs> and Manny I, warm during a game. Even though Boston like fans can be the worst, uh, I would like love a behind the the scenes book about those like two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five teams because I am sure they were just insane. Just, oh, just all the way up to the all the way up to the fried chicken in the clubhouse team, right? Can yeah, just, like give yeah. me that whole era, man. We just got the whole get, era. We, we just got to get Tito once he retires to agree to a, uh, a tell sit down, a tell all. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll, pro, we'll provide the libations, and he just off he goes. Yeah, yeah. So to, to answer your other stories, question, um, I think it's going to be great for. I think it's going to help underrepresented teams in like smaller markets that would not ordinarily. Because uh, we talk about like the Yankees effect, where you get those chances, where you start to view players through like rose tinted glasses. Who, if you just like put did a blind resume, you would be like, oh yeah, these two guys are like pretty equal. But then it's like, oh well, this guy had like two walk offs and did X, Y, and Z in the postseason. It's like, oh well, this guy's been buried, you know, with the Pirates for eight years and doesn't like have a chance right. to shine. So I think the it's Randy Rosarenas. Totally, yeah, it's gonna be great for like. It's going to provide those uh, fringe guys who was like, well, I don't know. But then that they have a few like postseason magic moments, I think it will. I think more people in your uh, Hall of Fame, the better. I mean, not like, you know, not to the level of the NBA, but just have it be so exclusionary. It's like, it's a detriment. You're not going to get young, young people to care about it. If it's like, oh, we have one recently retired player and then, a person who like was a World War II fighter pilot, but also you know like pitched to, against Jackie Robinson. It's like, oh, cool! Like, I'm sure this 15 year old like wants to hear all about that guy and like his story. Or like, like, oh yeah, no, like they'll do that thing where they uh, they go back to like 1874 and they're like, uh, oh yeah, this guy named uh, Tits Willie, uh, he's going in this year. Yeah, it's like who the exactly. hell is that? Yeah, he was on the Knickerbockers actually- like. Uh, you know, club team. That was like the first one. <laughs> right, right. Actually, he led the league with uh, 73 triples because there were no fences. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a remarkable 18 RBIs in like the dead ball era and like right. led the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that, um, that, 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 that sums up both of, you know, both of you guys kind of, I think, encapsulated where I was going with it too. So, but... Uh, well, I want your Manny being Manny moment then. Well, my Manny being Manny moment is also when he just walked off the field to, to urinate <laughs> in, the, in the monster. I mean, that's just, I mean, but it's hard to honestly, the, I, the, the cutoff 
that that comes to mind too. You know, the Oakleys, like I said, that's a personal favorite of mine. I mean, I think those are probably maybe his three biggest transgressions, if you will, of Manny being Manny. But um, I also heard, you know, stories of him that weren't so publicized, like the clubhouse attendant would find uncashed game checks in his glove box (laughs) when he was a member of the Indians. Like, God, man. (laughs) What the hell? So, like, I mean, it's. It, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack with Manny. And, uh, you know, truth be told, we probably don't even know most of the stories. No. That's um, a, that is a book I'd be dying to read. I think, didn't he, didn't, wasn't there some kind of allegation, Steve? You might have told me this. When Progressive Field, or the J, when it opened, he was using hand towels and fl- trying to flush them and caused a... <laughs> I don't think I told you that, but that's amazing. A, uh, <laughs> Flooded a, it? A toilet to overflow in the, in the clubhouse. <laughs> oh, my God. And to God. speak to Manny, like, no, you don't use that. You don't I mean, wipe again, with the towel? So there's oh, a lot. There's funny. a lot. I mean, some of those, I, I think, are some maybe more urban legends than... Oh, it's yeah. incredible. I'd have but. to go back. I, I feel like there was someone he was when he was in Mannywood, but I'd I have to go back and, like, Revisit some of the Manny being Manny stories. God, I wish the Indians could have kept Albert Bell, Jim Tomey, and Manny Ramirez together for like eight seasons. Just the stories that like would have happened behind the scenes. Would I mean, if just... you would have less kept, if you would have at least kept those three, we'll we'll wrapping things up here uh, uh, here in a second. But now now because we're going down this path uh, that is very interesting. Is uh, boy, if you had those three at least through like that two thousand one season all together. Yeah, probably win a title. Well, well, and then, I mean, another thought that I had as we were discussing too, um, not to open up fresh wounds for some of us, myself, um, but the trades that could have been, uh, and Schilling was one of them. Yeah, Pedro. Everybody was Pedro, 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 Schilling. I mean, you you keep those three guys around and you make that Mm. trade for Jarrett Wright. Giving up Jarrett Wright. Bartolo and, Colon and, for Pedro. Or Bartolo Colon for Pedro or Brian Giles, whatever the package was Ugh. for Pedro or Schilling. God yeah. damn it. 98, 99, 2000, 2001, they could have uh, potentially looked a little different. Mm. Not only do you potentially have the dynasty, you you throw water on the Yankees too. And you yeah, don't certainly. Have, you don't have their dynasty. Yeah, and you keep oh. Boston from breaking theirs. But that, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yes, you absolutely do. Yeah. Oh God. All right. That was painful. Yeah. No, again, not. I mean, I. Hey, I still. <laughs> we'll do some what ifs. We'll. I we're still gonna... can't look at a Marlins hat Ugh. in good faith. That's my least favorite team. No matter how bad they are, I just want the worst record every year for that. Team. I want that. I do want them to do extremely well now, though, with uh, their um, new GM. I want oh. her to like just kill it. I want yeah. her to do great, but then like move on to a bigger market. Just like, don't, just like, them. please don't beat us. And don't, I do not want to match up with them in the World Series. Oh my God. I, <laughs> if I we just ever, wonder if, we if their owner gives parting players gift baskets. <laughs> probably, probably with like different items in there. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine. I like probably not with imagine. like a signed photo. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that when, a, when he cuts a player, that there's a gift basket involved. with a signed yeah. photo of Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, maybe. Uh, all right. Um, we got We'll do those. We're, it's a long, dark off season. So we're going to be doing some what ifs, uh, no doubt. Um, <laughs> but that wraps things up for this episode. So enjoy, uh, this is a little bit before Christmas. So, uh, 
Enjoy your Christmas. Uh, I don't know if Lindor has been traded yet, at, or, or he hasn't uh, at, the, at time of the time of this recording. Maybe he will have been by the time this comes out. So if he has, don't panic. Go back and listen to our Lindor trade episode, and it'll make you feel a little bit better. Enjoy the holidays, and we will uh, catch you guys next time. Bye.